No, five. Five is in the number of teeth you'll be spitting out if you don't get your hands off them. Alright, warning shot. Fine, four. Hey, intern the HUD. Get over here. I got your cousin's credits. Soon. Wama tea talkie. Oh, and hand me the petty cash. I need to get a new media droid. Welcome to Jedi Master's Degree. I'm Biggs. Today I'm having a conversation with Dennis Small, who's my dad. He's also my co-host in In Syndication, where we talk about the history of television. And we had a pretty good conversation, but first I want to remind you we have an email address. It's JediMastersDegree at gmail.com. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, and what you'd like to hear more of. Season one's in the books, but I'm always looking ahead, so let me know what you want to hear next season. All right, so without delay, let's cut to Dennis Small. So I was a student at uh, Montana State University right out of high school in Bozeman. And my roommate was kind of an odd guy, but he, he liked science fiction as I did. And he had some books. He said, hey, you should read this. This, looks, this is a new one. It looks pretty good. So uh, I read it and I really enjoyed it a lot. And it was early in the school year, too, because my roommate and I were still talking to each other at that point. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the year, we weren't speaking very much. I'd kind of forgotten about the book, and then I was partway through the movie, and I thought, wait a minute, I know this story. I read it in the book, and and I knew what was going to happen the first time I saw it. (laughs) It was kind of weird, because I I don't think I'd ever had that happen before, where I'd read the book before I saw the movie. So you were a Star Wars fan as early as possible. Before the movie even dropped, you had already read the book. (laughs) Yeah, or at least the exact same story. And I'm pretty sure it was the Star Wars book. I knew the story. In my research, I came across that they did a novelization of it as well as put out a comic book because they were trying to get awareness up with the people they thought would like the movie. And it costed so much, they were really worried about making their money back. They made half a million copies of it that all sold out before the movie. Major success. Oh, okay. So I actually did read it. It's not just my imagination. No, no. You totally read it. (laughs) Okay. You told me that story and I thought that sounded funny. And then when I actually looked into it, it was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like that was actually what happened. I liked the movie so much that I saw it three times the first week it came out. Were there big lines when you went to go see it? Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, the first time I saw it, we were the last people allowed in the theater and we ended up sitting in the front row on the far right hand side were the only seats available <laughs> so the worst seats in the theater yeah so i just sit at about a 45 degree angle and you know you're right below the screen and i just thought holy moly but i mean i was a huge fan of 2001 a space odyssey but you know in those days there was you could see it was a theater well i saw it three times first time i saw it same day my friends and i stayed at the theater all day long you could do it in those days it was at the fox theater in billings and we went to the early afternoon show show and then we called and said our folks and said can we watch it again they said sure and so we watched the next show and then we called them again and said can we watch it again near the front the first time then we sat in the back of the theater second time and then we went up to the loge the second floor kind of thing and watched up there the third time in the evening show (laughs) you know and candy bars were like a dime or 
maybe a quarter, I'm not sure, but, you know, so we had a little bit of money and just enough to have popcorn and kind of stave off our hunger, but it was wonderful. I was remembering that when I saw Star Wars, I thought, well, I got to see this at least three times. (laughs) (laughs) Time says that you were correct, because I don't know how many people go to it multiple times, but I know I'm one of them. So even when I don't like them, I see them multiple times. (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, there have been several movies I've seen several times, but now that, you know, now they're on video and stuff, you can watch watch him endlessly you were of age to remember what it was like going to that in the theater so my first question is when that first big ship shows up at the beginning of the movie they show the scroll that lets you know the story and then you see that giant ship chasing the little ship and it just keeps going and going and going in the screen was that like a moment in the theater was there like gasp or anything can you remember it was like carriage theaters one of those you know chain theaters Mm -hmm. that i saw it in and so it it wasn't a huge audience you know a couple hundred people probably and there was a inhale like (gasps) you know when it filled the whole screen yeah. And then as it just kept going, people went, wow. I mean, you hear a lot of people say, wow. And I, I'm pretty sure I said, wow, because I don't think I'd ever really seen anything quite like that before, especially since I was about six feet away from the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you were so close to the screen, it must have been double the effect. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of hard to read the, the title scroll. I, I managed to do it. And actually, I had to read it out loud because the gal I was with couldn't see it very well so i just read it out loud <laughs> i don't think i don't think i was the only person in the theater that read it out loud either because we were kind of going as a joke theater. oh this is a big this is a great movie and you know i thought yeah i'll just be some other cheesy thinking it was like a schlocky sci-fi movie yeah and then it's like wow this is this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I used the word amazing back in those days, but uh, it was incredible to me. It was like 2001 A Space Odyssey only with action. Was there any applause breaks in the theater? I watched an old video where somebody had set it up in 77 and people applauded when the Death Star exploded. Do you remember anything like that in the movie? Oh, yeah. And we said, yeah, or yay, or something like that. I mean, the, the, the whole audience was into this movie. I mean, ooing and aahing and wow and kill him shoot him whatever (laughs) i know you were young at the time but but did you have a feeling that movies had changed when you watched that or was that just something that people went back later and were like something has changed you know i didn't really have that thought except that this was one of the best movies i'd ever seen at the time and i wanted to see more i I wanted to see it and, and i hoped there was going to be more movies like it. Well, you certainly got your wish. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, nothing quite had the impact on me that that one did. I mean, how could it, though? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first time you watch a really good 3D movie when you've never seen one before, you're just, holy crap, when something comes at you on the screen, that kind of, whoa, and you, that, that was kind of that kind of experience, only it was a couple hours long. Right. So, you know, you just kept going one thing after another, and it's just, you know, and, this, and there was lots of action, and, and the story sort of made sense. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't know what this four stuff was. <laughs> I mean, nobody I did. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody still does, but, but I thought that was a little bit hokey, but. I enjoyed it a lot and, you know, blasters and, you know, essentially it was a, it was a Western in space. What about it invoked a Western to you? 
Uh, well, I mean, for one thing, you got good guys, you got bad guys. When I grew up, the Indians were almost always the bad guys, and the right. Cowboys were the good guys, you know. Or if you had Cowboys against bank robbers or wrestlers, I guess, catalysts, that would be a little different. But Westerns tend to have a lot of action because the stories are usually kind of the same. You know, lonesome cowboy uh, needs a girl has a girl, now someone's trying to take the girl away from him, or some situation taking the girl away from him. you got to kill a bunch of people. You know, he's got to have his life in danger. And I already knew the story of Star Trek. You know, Star Trek was originally a Western in space. Right. And so I thought, okay, this is kind of like the idea behind Star Trek. And, you know, and you got to keep the audience's attention. Now, of course, then we didn't have video. We didn't have all this other stuff. And so you went to the movies specifically for this experience. You couldn't really get it anywhere else. Yeah. You know, once in a while, you knew somebody that would have a you know, private screening somewhere or something, and you got to go see something. But And then television, they interrupted everything with commercials and would cut huge chunks of it out to make it fit into the time slot. And so it was not as much fun. I mean, you went out to the theater because it was such a good experience. Yeah. If it was a good movie. Actually, even if it was a bad movie, sometimes it was a good experience. So I remember when I was a kid, you told me one time, and this is the first time I remember ever being interested in the Academy Awards because I was watching some of them with you and they flashed out an image of Star Wars because they were talking about previous Best Picture nominees. And you were like, I really wish that had won Best Picture. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was up for Best Picture? And so it like captured my imagination. <laughs> I don't think that the technical stuff had a, a category yet, you know, or special effects. or They didn't. They won an honorary Oscar for it. Yeah. And then they, that, they kind of created the special effects Oscar because of Star Wars, as I recall. The only time in my life I had three different three, uh, dates with three different women in the same week. <laughs> well, the first one, you know, I just said I wanted to go to Star Wars. And the second one said, let's go to Star Wars and the third one didn't really know what to do and I said well let's go to Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> I never dated any of them again by the way <laughs> How close together were these dates? I mean, because I know movies stayed a lot longer in the theater in those days. Oh, well, when I saw them, I saw them in the first week. The first week it was there. So three times in a week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because like the first night was like a a Wednesday night or something like that. Yeah, it was a Wednesday. Dude, that is an impeccable (laughs) memory right there. That is exactly right. It was a Wednesday. Yeah, and I think the, the third time I saw it was Sunday. I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday the second time, but Sunday was to the matinee. And I, I didn't really usually go to matinees because they were full of kids, but this one was, it was mostly adults. There weren't a lot of kids you know, in any of the showings, actually, because it was expensive. Who is your favorite character out of the original trilogy? Boy, that's a tough one because it, it depends on the movie. It depends on my mood. Overall, I, I guess Yoda is probably my favorite character. I really like Chewie a lot, but he doesn't really have any dialogue, and so it's kind of hard <laughs> to get to know him, you know? But he's um, very expressive with his head tilts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I really liked Lando Calrissian, although, oh, shoot, what was his name that played that guy? Uh, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, I, I, I liked his character a lot, but you know, he didn't show up in the first movie. He wasn't in the first movie, was he? No, he he came up in the second one. He came up in the second one specifically because George Lucas was worried that Harrison Ford wouldn't do another one. And so his character was supposed to replace Han. He literally puts on Han Solo's clothes when (laughs) when they go blasting off. So weird. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't know the backstories about the. You had to read the trade magazines and stuff, and I, you know, I didn't have those magazines or or see them anywhere. And and you know, the newspaper would have little bits and pieces, but it certainly wasn't in the encyclopedia. <laughs> oh no, I was looking up old news stories, and they constantly referred to them as Han, Leah, and Chewbacca. <laughs> so. <laughs> Still, I totally enjoyed that first one. None of the rest of them anywhere near as much as that one. You didn't like Empire Strikes Back that much? Oh, I like no, not as much as the first one. And, and I think it because it was new and it was different and it was you know it was exciting. And I see. Empire Strikes Back was was a good. I think was probably a better movie overall. But for me, I didn't enjoy it as much. I I, I kind of wanted more. And I didn't really like some of the decisions that they made. As I recall, I can't I can't think off the, off the top of my head what what all the you know what all the story happened that I didn't like. But like I said, I wish that they'd had a little bit better role for Chewie, especially. <laughs> He's just such an interesting character, and they just didn't really develop him at well, all. You, they don't really talk about that's because where he comes from, or that's because of the Star Wars holiday special. Did you see that one? Um, I don't think I saw that. So it was in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. They had a holiday special on CBS. It was almost completely with Wookiees, and they had B. Arthur in it. And, oh. and it was a total train wreck. It was real bad. Oh. <laughs> but they oh. gave oh. all of Chewbacca's backstory and showed his family and stuff. And it went so off the rails. I think George Lucas never wanted to revisit it again. Oh, <laughs> I, I probably missed it that night. And, you know, in those days, if you miss it, you don't get to see it. What did you think of the Vader reveal that he's Luke's father? Yeah, I kind of suspected that in Empire Strikes Back. They kind of dropped some clues in there. Yes. I mean... There's something between them that's different, you know, when he cuts his hand off. He doesn't kill him. He could kill him. But there were some other indicators before, and I can't remember what they were. But but I, I didn't really suspect it until seeing it's like, wait a minute, he could kill him, but he's not. I would say the biggest foreshadowing they had was when he's in that cave with Yoda, and he fights oh, Vader yeah. in the oh, image. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's definitely there, especially if you know it's there. It's you can see it all there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not usually very good at anticipating what's gonna happen in movies because I'm just kind of in the moment and enjoying the moment usually. And when I watch them the second and third time is when I usually get critical. Unless the movies really suck. Yeah, you know, then I just go right into uh finding everything wrong with it. <laughs> right. Do you remember when they had that reveal? Was there like a audible gasp or anything in the audience? Do you remember the reaction? Oh, yeah. And then somebody behind me said, oh, I knew this all along. And I just thought that's ridiculous. <laughs> so let's flash forward to Jedi. Is the thrill gone at that point? Oh, no, I, I even enjoyed bad, the bad Star Wars movies. Okay. Um, they're the ones that people have said are bad. You know, I say, yeah, it's Star Wars because you, you, you're never going to get a really complicated plot. You're never going to get really deep acting you know you're not going to get deep feelings from this thing it's it's a western you know western stuff <laughs> you know the cowboy's usually more in love with his horse than he is with the girl right you know um han loved the millennium falcon more than he loved anybody else really yeah that's true that's true because he talks very sentimental about the falcon but leia you know she says i love you and he says i know, <laughs> you know? yeah yeah uh-huh <laughs> thank you yeah um but you know the millennium falcon's kind of his horse yeah you know, and it's it's the reliable thing that he need that he you know every day is with his horse or with his his ship. And, and he stole he stole his horse from Lando, if you recall. <laughs> 
well, yeah, whether he really stole it or not is a whole other discussion. But yeah, I, you know, I, I don't remember the backstory very well. I just, I just thought it was hilarious how uh, Billy D. Williams he kind of took it in stride. Yeah. But Jabba the Hutt though was just one of the most disgusting characters I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> He's so disgusting. You and Mom bought me Jabba's throne room. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we knew you'd love it. You loved stuff like that. Absolutely, it was you, my favorite you liked, toy. You liked slugs. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> that did not hold as an adult. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, slugs even creep me out. Not, not too much creeps me out, but slugs did. And then, and then you kind of wonder, like, well, how did Jabba get all this power? Because he can't move. <laughs> he can't do anything. Those are the kind of things that occur to me during movies. How does he get his power for, you know, why does anybody listen to him? He can't do anything to him. Not like he has psychic power or anything like that. Like he doesn't have the force. I would say it's the same thing as like the, the Godfather, you know, like the, the Don, he's so old and like, he's not powerful. He can't like hurt anybody really. And so it's like, why does he, why does he have this power? But he has the power because he rose in the ranks and he has some respect for whatever reason, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, and people fear him because he does have power and, and he knows how to use it and he and he uses it judiciously. Right. You know, if, if it's random, then people don't know. Yeah, but that's a whole other discussion. That's a Lao Tzu thing. But Jabba does not do it judiciously. <laughs> yeah, Jabba is a... Yeah, and, and I just... It just never made sense to me, but I didn't really need to know it. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was, it was kind of hilarious when Jabba went down in the his whole thing didn't the whole thing go down in the sand I haven't watched yeah, that movie yeah. for a long time yeah I thought well good he's gonna be giant worm poop now yeah Carrie Fisher is often asked when am I supposed to tell my daughter about this character that she loves so much who like got in this slave outfit <laughs> and was like <laughs> on a chain from a slug and she says tell him I strangled the slug <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was pretty disgusting. Yeah, he was really gross. Did you ever have any Star Wars merch back in the 70s? Like, did you ever get excited and buy anything? God, you know, I, no. Um, I thought it was kind of cool, but a lot, I was going through a lot of stuff trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And, and um, I didn't have much money. Uh, I, I, was, I always worked, but I never seemed to have any money. It's kind of like today. I always work, but I never have any money. Mm-hmm. Um, so some things never change. <laughs> I, I saw it and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, geez, I wish I was a kid because, you know, I, I would have loved toys like that when I was a kid. I'd kind of divested myself of most of my, a lot of my toys. I'd given them to neighborhood kids or other family members and stuff because I thought, you know, when I was a teenager. And so I kind of got out of collecting. And mostly what I spent my collection money on then was uh, records, albums. Which I still have. It's so ironic, though, because you did buy me a lot of Star Wars stuff growing up and, and as an adult. And then even my daughter was at your house. I think it was after last Christmas and just all of a sudden came home with this giant Anakin Darth Vader figure <laughs> that you just oh, yeah. had sitting around. Yeah. Well, I, I, it was on sale somewhere and I thought, oh, that was only like 10 bucks. Oh, that's cool. I, I should and, you know, I should buy that. My mom buys stuff all year round for Christmas. And then she would stick it in the closet and then she would forget she had it. And so during the year you would get Christmas presents. It was kind of fun until she got a system down. So she would actually have boxes with people with sticky notes with people's names on them. So she would put stuff in there so she could remember where it was. I never got that sophisticated. I, because I, I never bought that much stuff ahead of time usually. And I had, I saw that and I bought, I thought, oh, 
somebody will like this. And I bought it and I stuck it in my closet and kind of forgot about it. I just wanted to give her something. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking around. Oh, wait a minute. I have this thing. This will be cool. Did you go to every Star Wars movie in the theater? Yeah, I've seen them all at the theater. I like the theater experience. I mean, even today, I like the big screen. You can just shut out more. I get into the experience more. You know, drive-in theaters, which I don't know if you've... Have you ever been to a drive-in? Yes. Yeah, in Olympia. When you were a little kid, we took we went a few times. The, the drive-in was okay, but it wasn't quite the same. Although you got to sit in your own car and that kind of stuff but um i i really enjoy the theater experience i and that's one of the things i miss right now during the shutdown is even if there was a movie i wanted to see right now i couldn't see it yeah i'm with you on that one yeah so we we do that i mean we do that period it's like you know what i want to go to a movie tonight okay is there anything showing (laughs) (laughs) that's that's normally what we do to go to a movie we just oh yeah let's see what's on right now i I really enjoyed the new uh uh, star wars movie that um you know because because they they did a really good job of developing the female character so much better i can't remember her name off the top of my head right now daisy redley uh yeah i thought that was an amazing performance you seldom see somebody that can pull off the intensity that she did and then turn around and be you know tender and gentle yeah uh you know right away and i mean she really commanded the screen i thought and i hadn't really seen that in a Star Wars movie that I can remember where, where one character really dominated the screen like that every time she was on. You know, you always watch Han when he's on or Luke or, you know, whoever. But she really had a commanding presence in that movie. Not so much in the one before. You know, I don't think she had as good a juicy of a part in the one before. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the next one. I'll go. You know, I, yeah, they get formulaic and stuff, but it's still, it's entertainment. Yeah. Really, not, not much is new. So, you know, we're, we're always rehashing stories and rehashing ideas. And, you know, uh, yeah, like, I guess the technology changes, but I don't really go to see the technology. I go, to, I go for the story and, and the experience. And the technology is just part of the experience. You know, it's, it's cool. Do you think Star Wars is political? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's an empire and then there's a rebel alliance. Well, the rebel alliance is, is more democratically aligned, whereas, you know, the other thing is a, it's a... A monarchy essentially you know with an emperor so that's political right there that's a completely you know so you've got a, a very hierarchical structure for the empire but then you know the rebels are more democratically you know aligned and even though they're soldiers they still their officers allow them to talk and you know and be involved and you know it's, it's a much more democratically thing, uh, organized uh, deal plus you also have good versus evil which is also a very political discussion let's get into that really quick how's that political good and evil are you talking about what you perceive as good and evil or oh well no i mean they 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 lay it out as good and evil you know darth vader and the empire is evil and the rebels are good we didn't get to see anything good the empire had done you know they brought maybe brought civilization throughout the galaxy or the universe or whatever i mean i you know but essentially they were controlled by an evil force and you know they killed people kind of um on a whim and and um they were trying to blow entire planets up because they resisted you know stuff like that that's not good right that's evil and because people were resisting them i mean resistance is a political struggle are you seeing any vietnam parallels in the star wars trilogy oh god i see (laughs) as in the podcast we've done uh i see vietnam and almost everything i mean vietnam was so pervasive then even though he'd been out of vietnam for a little while i mean there's a huge deep scar that i don't think this country's ever recovered from 
and you know people like to ignore it and not and not talk about it. But when you look at governments that make arbitrary decisions that hurt people, Vietnam comes up because that's exactly what Vietnam was. That's what I think anyway. Uh, because Vietnam also, instead of us all being in it together, all of a sudden the the country was splintered. You know, in the even in the Korean War, which was a big mess, people were generally supportive of it. World War II, everybody was supportive of it. Vietnam, not so much. And we've been splintered ever since. Whether it was actually the cause or just, you know, the symptom of what was going on, clearly we haven't been able to unite as a country since then. And I don't know if that's decent answer. Or not. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, that's a great answer. That actually backs up a lot of what I've been saying is I keep pulling out things where I'm like, this is clearly influenced by Vietnam through the movies and the books. I just wanted to hear what you thought of it because you actually lived through it. I feel like well, you, would, sort of, you would. I mean, sort of. I was, I was a well, kid. You, well, but... you live you lived during the time you could have gotten drafted. Well, yeah. Like, so. oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, the end of the draft when I was a senior in high school um, and, and every night of the news, I mean, every night there was anything going on in Vietnam, we saw body bags being loaded on the planes or coming off the planes of people that had died, of U.S. soldiers that had died. Or I don't know that they ever showed civilians of it that I can remember, but I know it seemed like every night there were bodies coming off the planes or getting loaded on planes on the news over and over and over. Kind of... Uh, convinced me that that really wasn't a good career for me. I'm glad that we're ending with this conversation because if there's one thing I do want to stress talking through this podcast, it's when people are telling you that there's no politics involved in the movies you see, and I've used Star Wars as the example over and over again, it's absolutely there. And people that are saying keep the politics out of Star Wars, that means you're not going to get anything that was like the original trilogy or the prequels or the sequel trilogy. They're all political. You can't see something on TV over and over again. You can't live a life and not put that into your art. That's just what happens. Like that's what artists do is they re-express what they're feeling. Well, yeah. And, and also, you know, what's more interesting to watch everything going hunky dory and great and wonderful and everybody smiling and laughing and nothing happening or a really huge struggle. Yeah. Um, struggles much more interesting you know, to write about, to read about, to, to watch. It's not fun to go through, but, you know, it's life, too. And I wish people would take politics more personally. And by personally, I mean, I mean actually embrace politics because it affects everybody. Yeah. It affects us all. And in our country, at least, we still have somewhat of a, of a say in things. And I wish people would, would embrace that. I mean, I don't, they don't have to agree with me. I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people actually, and people actually discussing things, you know, and then, and one of the things about Star Wars is, is you can, you can get into an interesting political discussion. I, I did with you kids. We talked about it, you know, well, who do you think was a good guy? Who do you think was a bad guy? Well, why do you think he was bad? Well, what kind of bad things did he do? Well, what difference does it make if he did bad things? You know, we, we would talk about stuff like that. Um, even in a democracy, it's really easy to not care. Yeah. And and not caring is what leads it leads us to the mess that we're we've been in here for decades now. And I think people need to care a lot more about it. But you know they will or they won't. <laughs> I don't have you know even if they listen to the podcast they're just gonna say God who's that old fart. <laughs> <laughs> you know we've done some other things together and, and it's it's been really it, it challenges me too. It makes me think about it. It makes me rethink about things and what do I remember? And the more I the older I get the more I find out that my memories aren't necessarily very accurate. 
Yeah. But you dropped a couple of things. You were like, I think it was this. And I just studied all this stuff. And so you were right. So you remembered little details for sure. Yeah. It's like some sometimes when you have movies that open the same weekend and like in some some really I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but some really good movies kind of got ignored because there was another movie that was even bigger. And what about uh, the other side of midnight? Do you remember that one? Oh my god, it, I I fell asleep. <laughs> so you did see it. I I brought it. I brought it up because. The only reason why Star Wars opened up in as many theaters as it did was they told theaters, you're not going to get the other side of midnight if you don't play the Star Wars movie. And so it was a twofer. Like they had to cover Star Wars if they got the other side of midnight. I had no idea that a guy could get a and bore me to tears about it. I mean, I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's not like uh, watching a brother and sister kiss, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's Luke and Leia, <laughs> just keeping it real. Oh, oh my God. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. This is going to do it for season one of Jedi Master's Degree. I hope you had a fun time listening to me go on and on about Star Wars. I hope you learned something. We'll come back for season two for sure. And if you want anything beyond that, please shoot me emails. Let me know. Give me some feedback. Let me know I'm not just talking out to the ether. So from all of us at the show, may the force be with you. For example, you wanted a job at Hollow Newsnet, and I aggressively tracked them down and made them understand that you work for me at intern wages, in other words, no wages, so I can pay back that petty cash, and then, and only then, will your lazy tail be free of me. Slimo. We have so many shows on the Not Safer Network. Download the entire first season of the show, Not Afraid of the Star Wars fan base, but maybe it should be? Jedi Master's Degree. Two movies enter and only one movie leaves. Listen to Box Office Battle. Learn the history of television one show at a time with the podcast In Syndication. Music, anime, pop culture, movies, TV show, and the random babbling of two dudes who need to find something better to do. Check out A Feast of Geeks. The podcast that's perfectly described with its title, Movies with Wrestlers. And download the entire first season of the radio drama.